U.S. Open Game Week, and you are listening to the People's Pitch Podcast, the official and the only podcast for your Minneapolis City SC. I am your host, Nate, and as always, I am joined by the mad scientist at the heart of this haunted castle, John Bisworm. John, are you turnt, as the kids say? Nate, I am turnt. The (laughs) The nervous energy is keeping me up, you know, at night going through the different scenarios for this match. Coming up on Saturday, but we should be all good, man. Uh, you know, I, th- I think we got the boys chomping at the bit to uh, take back that purple rain moniker from these, like bo- from these boners across the lake. <laughs> we have all sorts of rad for you listeners in advance of Saturday's game against Oakland County FC. First of all, we're going to dive into who this Oakland County team really is. Uh, who are these players that we're going to see? John's got some scouting reports to talk about. Uh, we're also going to talk about our plan of attack. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? How do we beat them? And, uh, you know, we've been training all fall for this. So we're going to get a quick update on the state of the team, on the progress that we've made uh, since the early days of, of the rebuilding era. And we will set you up with all of the game day deets so you can get your asses up to Blaine on Saturday afternoon and cheer on your Minneapolis City SC. 2.30. Be there. Yeah. All right, John, so let's start with a breakdown of, of Oakland City or Oakland County FC. Uh, this last season, they finished fourth in their league uh, in the East with 14 points and a 4-2-4 record. That, that is well behind the East Division powerhouses of Toledo and Adria, and it's even behind the Carpathians. Um, that, we've, we were talking, you know, over the course of the season, we talked that that division is a little different than ours because it's got those... Uh, it's got that real bad team, the Grand Rapids Ole. Right, and Aurora the doormat. And, yeah, and Aurora Borealis, who also struggled to win a couple games. So, you know, the quality, I would say, is is a little different than our division. But still, a fourth-place a fourth place finish. Uh, what was the scouting report on Oakland all season? What were they really known for? Well, they're mostly known for being the home of Sinbad and Tim Allen, the tool man. The, that's kind of what... Um, you know what the the scouting report is on those guys. Uh, no, but all serious. Just watch aside, a lot of '90s sitcoms to prep for games. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> there's got to be someone else from Moesha that was from Oakland County. But um, anyways, the the young kids won't get that that joke. <laughs> Wasn't Sinbad also on a different world? Uh, Sinbad with Lisa. Was on, yeah, he was. Right, he was <laughs> with Lisa Bonet and. Uh, yep. Anyway, the guy with the flip sunglasses. Oh yeah, he was fresh back in the '90s. So I'm not gonna lie, but he, I think he he pretty much peaked in 1990, and then just it was it was all downhill from yeah, there. That was it. Um, but uh, no, the, the the team itself, you know, you mentioned fourth place finish, not a bad finish. Um, there are some some powerhouses in in the Eastern Conference, like you mentioned, and you know Toledo and Adriel were kind of a, a, a two horse race, and the. The Carpathians in Oakland were kind of 1A, 1B as to who was going to finish third, fourth. 
Um, but you know they uh, they possess uh, a quality team, um, an organized organization that uh, you know put on a good show. Uh, they got a lot of people. You know they were they were active on the social media. There was many of uh, a Twitter battles back and forth with us, uh, mainly us being just complete assholes to them because they call themselves <laughs> the Purple Rain. Um, but in in general, you know they they they're they're two years in the league. They um, you know they have some quality players, which we'll get into. Um, and then for this tournament, they brought in some some other guys. So a formidable opponent. I think it's much better than us trotting out against the men's league side. Yeah, well, I mean, better uh, for the product on field, but it would be really awesome if we played some sad NPSL team or something. We played uh, them. We played them our first round, and we won. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> the uh, you know, just looking at on paper, as far as if you look at how we ended up in our divisions, we were we were very even. We were very equal teams, I think. Um, you know, they had one more win and one less draw than us. We had the same goal differential. We had one point less than them. I think. I think on paper we're a pretty equal team, but uh, they've kind of been doing what we did, uh, revamping their revamping their roster in advance. But they do have three players returning that made the PLA East Team of the Year. First of all, they've got their captain Sean Sloan, um, and then they've got Danny Dragway Dragois. Who knows? It sounds kind of like Drago, so I'll go with that. Plus, their the goalkeeper uh, Nathan Steinwasher, who made the reserve team. Uh, the reserve PLA East team. Uh, what do you know about these guys? We don't really get a chance to watch the Eastern games as much. So what do you know about these guys? I mean, you know, if you, if you listen to our show throughout this season, I, I did my fair share of trying to watch streams of these guys. So, you know, I was able to see these guys play. And, you know, most notably, you talked about their captain, Sloan, um, a great player. He slots out wide, but... Um, for them, but finds himself most times than not drifting towards the center of the park to kind of support and keep the ball, but will absolutely go forward when he's needed. So he, he, he's very much a possession based guy, smart player looks to beat you more with the pass than on the dribble. And he scored some really big goals them this summer. It was like every time you needed a goal, he was kind of the guy they leaned on, um, for that, um, as well as overall, just kind of keeping the rhythm and building the attack, um, through the middle. Um, they do a lot of overloading um, on one side and it tends to be the opposite of his so that the, the start the, the play starts on his side and then kind of drifts over to the other side and then he kind of um, is secondary in support which is kind of where most of his goals came from where he was kind of trailing the attack and the ball mm-hmm. popped out and he's just a good finisher. Kind of so, sneaking in behind there, yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, Dragoy, I think we'll call him Drago, like you said. He's their number mm-hmm. six, so he's like that deep-lying midfielder who screens the back four uh, and the heartbeat that kind of links their back line to their attack. So um, he did slot in two goals last season, but um, is more likely to stay home and keep keep the shape than, than to drive forward, but absolutely will mm. go forward. Um, very smart player, tries to, you know— Kind of MTA disease a little bit where he's more sideways and backwards um, early on to keep the ball. But um, where he differs from a lot of the MTA guys that we know and love, uh, he'll turn the ball and he'll he'll go to, to start the attack. But he, he's, he's smart when he starts the attack. Very much like um, uh, a bigger, more mature Max Stegward, whom we had on our team this summer. Um, nice. Just looks to try to make sure that you don't lose the ball. And if Hey, speaking of Max... Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisville guy, right? Yeah, Louisville. 
they are uh, they're ranked they're ranked pretty highly this year in the NCAA men's soccer rankings. Uh, but anyway, that, that's an aside. I just had thought about that. Yeah, go no ahead. Problem. No problem. Well, and we'll, and you know we'll get to the city at school segment that we talk about once we get all this open cup stuff swept under the rug. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Max is uh, Max is doing well as are some other guys. Um, Luke Hackinson was voted uh, top 100 freshman to watch in the country. Yes. Um, we got Steve constantly playing 90 minutes in Green Bay. Um, Will Kidd, I saw before we hopped on on the airwaves here, was uh, subbed in for Bradley tonight uh, in a crucial Missouri Valley Conference match. Anyways, definitely an aside. But, uh, but yeah, so, th- so Drago's very much like a Max Stegward, but a little mm-hmm. more mature and a little more experienced. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Steinwasher, their goalie, um, is the guy between the sticks who uh, he makes little mistakes. Um, you know, not like he makes a bunch of little mistakes. He makes little mistakes. So few mistakes. Few mistakes. Yes. So um, he does an excellent job of keeping them into the game, and he did so a, a lot this summer, as you can see by their their all the ties that they had. Um, when he made, like, you, you also mentioned he made the bench for the PLA st- PLA team of the uh, team of the year for the East. Um, and that's a hard nut to crack, seeing that he had to go up against Toledo's goalie, who was arguably the best goalkeeper in in both divisions um, in all the league this year. Um, yeah. But he's got some size and experience. Um, but like most keepers, he can be beaten. Uh, especially, I, I noticed um, following up shots that he doesn't hang on to. Incredible shot stopper, like any American goalie is. But um, kind of more of the technical stuff, cutting off angles. He tends to rely more on his natural ability as a shot stopper um, than than kind of hanging onto the ball. So a lot of shots get parried wide. So look for us to get um, into the attack and get more corner kicks. Um, maybe maybe get a, a rebound opportunity here and there. So Oakland County did us the great service of posting their starting 11 uh, on Twitter this morning. And hopefully this isn't a uh, this isn't some sort of a red herring, but it looks like, of course, they've got Joey Tinian slotted in at forward. And we'll talk about him in a second as a guy that came over for another team. But uh, they've got your guy, Danny Drago as the left attacking mid, which is not quite the role that you, you know, that we described or we're used to seeing him as, is this, uh, is this to kind of psych us out, you know, trick, trick us a little bit. I mean, if they're doing that, I'm, I'm not worried about how they're lining up to be honest. You know, I could, I could really care less, um, how, mm-hmm. they're, how they're lining up. Um, but I, um, I'm more so worried about us than I am about them. Not to, you know, not not to downplay their abilities or anything like that, but um, you know, I don't think it's any sort of uh, any sort of tactic that they're going to play. That they're, they're a good team; they got good players, and they're going to put them. It doesn't matter where they put them. I'm sure they'll put up a fight. Cool. So much like we did pulling players from other teams and around the region, Oakland County also pulled a number of players from the Detroit and Toledo area. Who are these new additions? that we should be looking out for. I just mentioned Joey Tinian who came to, came to them from Carpathia, but um, I think he's got a couple other guys, right? Yeah. I think the, the one to note is Kyle Breitmeyer. He, um, he was the, I believe the PLA East leading goal scorer for Toledo. That guy's fantastic. He's yeah. one of those guys. He's that, a first team player too. Oh yeah. And, and both, and, both Tinian and Breitmeyer are both on the first team. 
yeah. of uh, team of the year for the East. Yeah, but Tinian's a total baller, and he um, he's a forward that kind of p- possesses the great mixture of uh, equal parts smart, equal parts skill with a penchant to finish his chances. Um, and he's a guy you just cannot give a lick of daylight to, or he'll punish you. Which you know we found in in uh, especially against. Um, Crapids with Gerson. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's a lot like that. Maybe a little less on the douche scale than, than Gerson, but he he'll finish and, and he's good. He's, he's big and he's strong. Um, so he's a little bit worrisome as far as the attack goes along with Tinian or, I mean, uh, uh, um, along with Tinian. Yeah. But they also brought in, uh, George Chamakov from Dallas FC in the MPSL. Um, and he's a player we need to keep an eye on as well. Detroit FC? Yeah, I'm sorry, Detroit FC. Dad, I was going to say Dallas. Like, Holy crap, they yeah. went way. They yeah. went deep. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, could be the uh, all the summits today. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, no. So he played with Detroit FC in the MPSL, and, and uh, he logged a lot of good minutes with Detroit. And um, he's another player that that they brought in that that we should definitely watch out for. So I think it's interesting. I guess that they chose both of their forwards or they pulled both of their forwards from both their strikers from other teams. Uh-huh. I'm wondering why they went with Tinian as the starter over Breitmeier. If Breitmeier is the, the leading scorer. I think, um, Breitmeier tends, um, I, I think they'll look at chemistry. Um, Breitmeier seems to be more of an individual talent who's just going to go in and try to take a game over himself. And mm-hmm. if you're going to start a guy like that, um, you're most likely going to finish with a guy who can control it as a group, as a unit. And I think Breitmeier is more of the link up type forward. So, you know, if, um, you know, I'm not even sure that, uh, uh, that Breitmeier will even make the trip because hmm. uh, there were some rumblings that he might not make the trip. So that could be it too. But you, I, I'm looking at probably Tinian being the guy who um, they're going to, to hang their hat on to do the dirty work and then bring in a guy like Breitmeier when the defense is a little bit tired and he's fresh. Um, or any other forward for that matter, we're just really highlighting um, those two guys. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, again, I'm not really worried about uh, more so about them. I'm more worried about what we're going to be doing on the field. I heard that. So this team, th- this Oakland County team, is looking to be is looking like us. Like they've made some changes in this offseason. What kind of were they looking to beef up? What was their focus on on all these player additions? Well, much like us, they're really just looking to fill out a roster, plain and simple. (laughs) I suppose. Yeah. With all their kids going away. Yeah. You know, like we had a whole, we had a whole mixed bag of talent just leave on us, um, to go to college. Like why would anyone want to go to college? Just a bunch of grown ass men playing FIFA for real life here. We are, um, <laughs> um, but no, they're looking to fill out their roster like we were. Um, but focusing, um, their I think their focus was to bring in the best players individually that they could. Where we were looking more to build that team that could easily gel together. So mm-hmm. we we brought in guys that you know maybe they weren't on our team, but they played with some of our guys before, which could be the case with some of these other guys uh, on their team. I don't know them that well, um, but it could be the case. So that was kind of our focus. I mean, you can have the best players in the world that have fantastic um, individual talent, like a throw Ronaldo on our team, and we'll probably win up until we come across a, a way better roster. Um, but but if you do not play as that kind of one heartbeat on the same page, you do get punished, um, especially at this at this level in this type of tournament. Um, 
So teams in this round try to find that cohesion quickly, and they tend to be the most successful teams as you move further on in the regional qualifying and then into playing the other the other leagues. Would you also say that the most successful teams are the ones that embrace the fact that soccer is a gift? Uh, soccer is a gift, and um, <laughs> cohesion is just the bow on top of that gift. Mm, yes. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about let's talk more about these the Oakland County strengths and weaknesses. I think uh, you know we've probably had we've got some sources from around the league that are that are. Uh, taking a look at these guys for us. We've got some people, some friends in Detroit that are taking a look at these guys for us. Um, But my first question really is, are these the same coaches as they had in the regular season? And I ask this because if so, we might be able to get an idea of the system that they're going to play. So like those insiders you mentioned, uh, the folks I've been talking to who will remain nameless, um, they say it's the same staff that was there this summer. Um, and the stream of their first round game would also say so as well, that it was the, the same, the same group. Um, the secret is out. Yeah. The secret's out. So was their starting 11 apparently. Um, so, so what I do know is that they did have some kind of infighting over a little unweighed unpaid wages for their coaching staff. Uh, and I think that lost them the opportunity or, um, that we were afforded was to start training earlier. Um, as a result of that, um, specifically, oh. I think they went into their first game not really playing together that much. Um, and where where we, even if we did play and didn't have a bye, we were practicing multiple times a week and, and trying to hurry up and, and get that cohesion together. So I think it's the same staff from what I could tell. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find out when they get here. So that's an interesting little factoid that you know, the likes of hashtag Mitch and the rest of the citizens might want to take up if they're thinking about some new songs or some new cheers is that they, uh, they're not really, they, they weren't really great about paying their coaches. Apparently, you know, that that's inside info. So you never know if it's true or not, mm. but anyway, uh, you know. so I'm going to assume our coaching staff, uh, while fully, fully paid, fully paid, fully paid. Uh, <laughs> they have a plan. You guys have a plan of attack and, uh, you know, not to get, you know, too paranoid and Trumpian for a second. I obviously don't want you to broadcast it, but let's talk about where we're going to go after these guys and where we're, where we might run into trouble. So first of all, is there anything that really worries you about this Oakland team? So I'm going to give you like the typical coach answer here. So yeah, um, Without giving them bulletin board material, there's really nothing that I can single out as a worrying point. And that comes off as kind of arrogant probably and just brash. But what I mean is um, there's nothing that I have seen like we did with Madison and their like incredible set piece play that's overly hard to game plan for. That doesn't say that you can, can't lose to a team like that. You absolutely can. But there's nothing that I, I can see that I'm like, Oh man, like I don't know how we're gonna we're gonna try to solve that. We might try to solve it and come up with a solution. It might not work, or it does work. But there's nothing that I'm 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 shaking in my my boots on. But what what I will say is that they're a very organized, talented, talented bunch of soccer players, and they'll give us a fight. So the game I think is really going to go down to a case of what happens to either team after they get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. So if we go up a goal how do they fight back? Or if, you know, if we pick up an early yellow card or we go down a goal, how do our players uh, respond to that? So which team can absorb that adversity at any point and can just stick to their plan and, and punch in back in the face. And I think that that's kind of one a, and the main game plan is who can, can really, um, you know, 
execute their plan and adapt to it the, the proper way to try to 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 get back in a game or to kind of land that lethal blow or um, you know that that well needed goal to kind of put this thing to rest. Yeah, I mean, I think you know if games like at Madison or, or any uh, or any indication we also had a I mean like uh, at Cedar Rapids like these games that where we had to go on the road and and fight back to either get the to get the points whether it's three points or one point I think hopefully we've got we've got an advantage there. Um, but this, this Oakland team, they are a team that, like we said, they've pulled from a large area to fill this roster. They've got Detroit. They've got some guys, some guys from Toledo, the Carpathians, aren't they in Chicago or are they, where are those Carpathians? Are they, are they another Detroit team? Uh, they're a Michigan team. Yeah. They're, okay. I don't think they're in Detroit, but they're, um, they're in the Michigan area. Seems kind of, seems like they kind of cast their net far and wide around their region, around their whole division. And we really did not. Uh, we just kind of stuck with the guys that are here in town and maybe a couple guys handpicked from, from outside like uh, Cochran from Duluth. So is is our players' familiarity with each other an asset that Oakland might not enjoy? Well, that's the talking point that I hit on a little bit earlier, and it's one that rings totally true. You know, in a tournament like this where it can be one and done, um, and for teams um, like both of ours, that's 1A on the tactic sheet. You know, you look – you know, look, we could roll out a subpar team talent-wise that's a very cohesive unit and potentially win a game if the other team relies on one or two stars to try to beat you. It's easier mm-hmm. to figure out that way. It's harder to figure out, you know, 10 guys coming at you versus one one or two, you know. Um, so I think that that cohesion that we've had the ability to kind of have um, is definitely an asset. And I think um, – what we have as a bonus is, is kind of three months and, you know, three friendly matches and not to mention the multiple sessions of 11 aside we did internally having the 22 guys in our, on, um, in our camp along with, you know, some of the guys from Stegman's and some friends of other guys that just weren't with us or even players that, um, we had invited that, that turned down the opportunity, but decided that they wanted to be in the mix for potential roster, um, uh, adjustments later on that came mm-hmm. in and, and were training with us. So, um, you know, we had the ability and the luxury to play and to try a couple different formations and look at different personnel here and there where I don't think that they did. I think they had one game and then they just went to practice um, right after. And I think it was more of like, a, OK, well, we won. Now we have to play another game. So let's just try to get ready as quickly as possible for the next round. And it where we were looking at more of a long term plan. And even if we would have had to play on the 17th, our plan was one such that we would have prepped for one game and then built off of that to the second versus trying to hurry up and play where I think that's what they did. Yeah. And not to talk down to about uh, Ann Arbor or kind of the game that Oakland County has already played, but Ann Arbor is a team that is more in line with this idea of playing a men's league team in the first round. Is it not? Yeah. They brought in the goalie from Toledo who we mentioned when we, we talked about who we were going to be playing that the dude literally stood on his head and they kind of got a garbage goal against um, Oakland. And then Oakland looked tired. They didn't look like they had been, they didn't look fit. They didn't look match mm-hmm. ready and you could tell. And you know, if, if I were their coach, that was probably the one thing I would have worked on is I wouldn't even, I would have thrown the, the cohesion book out there and worked on trying to get 11 guys that can try to go 90 minutes without hanging their head and or their hands putting their hands on their knees and getting tired and then building that tactical piece on top of it but that's that's them not me so that's 
kind of one of those areas of opportunity that you can see Minneapolis City attacking is really the fitness of this team. I think fitness is a huge thing, Nate. It's something that we've been working on um, as well as set pieces. I mean, the guys, I told the guys that when we started this, that, you know, fitness was going to be a major factor because we only get three subs. We're in the PLA. You can, you know, you can trot everyone out there if you want on the 18. So, um, again, you know, in a one and done, you tend to focus on what happens during the run of play. Whereas in the longer season, you can set a time aside for what happens when the ball is dead. We had the opportunity to draw up some set pieces for corners, kind of test our guys from the dead ball free kick areas, and and maybe even more importantly from the penalty spot. You know, having the opportunity to pick out our best five kickers and and then you know the alternates that follow behind that, and those aspects can really be the deciding factor of who goes home with the pretty girl in their arm and and who goes home with the box of Kleenex and the Jurgens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess. I you, like, you like that one? You like that one? Yep. I mean, <laughs> and another thing I think is that when it comes to fitness and when it comes to the ability to play 90 minutes, especially, um, you know, this is something that a lot of our returning players have excelled at. When you talk about guys like Emmanuel Brown, um, Aaron Olsen, of course, AJ Albers, all these guys are da- are just as dangerous in the opening 10 minutes as they are in the closing 10 minutes. Like and Wexler. then when you add, Wexler, of course, yes, I'm sorry, I can't believe I forgot about him. Um, he's been blowing up Twitter in the last, last half hour. So I can't believe I forgot about him, but also, um, you know, you add in guys like the Brown brothers, Whitney and Martin, or, um, you know, miles, miles Stockman Willis. And you know, that these are also proven 90 minute players. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of an exciting aspect that hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can dominate on. Right. You know, I kind of go back to what you asked earlier on about like, what do I see as key points in the game for us to win? I think one key point to be completely transparent with you is one that would um, kind of go against us is us going into this relying only on our fitness and our individual ability because we have so many good individual soccer players as do they. But um, when we are really at our best and we'll kind of talk through this, we're really at our best when we are together shape wise and, and we're all on the same page. I mean, I think that's always been a key to our success as a team all the way back to, uh, you know, when we pulled ourselves up off the ground in Madison, that you you move forward together, you come back and you defend together. And as a, you know, you succeed as a team and you, and you end up failing as a team in, in that in that respect. Right. Sometimes you lose, sometimes you win and sometimes it rains, Nate. Hey, that's, you know, uh, an incredibly simplistic view of every sport ever. All right. <laughs> Well, John, so like the, uh, the, uh, the, this uncanny version of the Crows have, they've been together for the better part of two months. So how, how would you say these players are gelling? Is it, are they similar to Magellan? <laughs> Man, we are just full of jokes today. Yeah, we're uh, funny. <laughs> can I be honest, Nate? Can we, can we get some real talk here? Yes. Um, it's the hardest part of the job so far. And that was to get these guys with a fantastic ability to actually play together. Um, and it didn't go the best right away. And, you know, I, I posted a, a picture on, on Twitter the other day of me just with resting bizworm face, just so mad that we are <laughs> just playing down to our competition. When we were so much better than them because we were just, we lost the, we lost our way when it comes to our shape and, and our plan. And, you know, I was completely honest with these guys a few weeks ago um, at training that it wasn't good enough. And mm-hmm. I, I, I believe I was a hundred percent right. We were not where we should be. 
um, we didn't take a step back. We weren't progressing forward. It was just at that given moment, try, uh, what we wanted to work on, we weren't good enough. And we've so we've since overcome. But what we, what we had in the beginning was you had five guys over here that were kind of into possession style. You had kind of three or four guys over there that want to beat you off the dribble. You had you know two or four guys that want to mark zonally versus man-to-man. And it was a huge task. And you know Dustin and, and Cole – and the coaching staff and I, we just were like, what are we going to do to get these guys going? And I think that it just took the time and it finally clicked. And it was, it was that, that, that task that we were, we were dreading to try to have. But I think now we are all on the same page. Um, and when we don't get organized and concentrate um, on our team shape, we're very vulnerable as a team like any. Um, but when we do, you better look out, buddy, because we got some really dangerous weapons that'll make you pay. <laughs> That's good to hear, I guess. Uh I think that's like I said that like we've always been talked about it's always it's always been a concern and hopefully we can keep that keep that cohesion are there any players John that you feel like have developed like an effective connection on the field like who are the guys that are the the one-two punch that we that we can get excited for like you said there's so many guys with so many different styles who are who are the dudes that are that are really going to come together and and be the uh be the lightning I think it's uh Sinbad to Allen on the wing Mm, yeah. Um, I think, um, um, no, I mean, all uh, all joking aside, um, you know, throughout the training matches, we didn't get a really good chance to see Miles Stockman Willis much. He was uh, he was away on on some on some personal stuff, and you know, he was there at every training session. But it's different when you gotta get into a game. And he always told me, "I'm a game day player." And you know, from a coach's perspective, that's like the worst thing you want to hear. It's but, like terrifying. Yeah, it's like God, <laughs> God damn it! Can you just do what I say, please, in practice? Um, but no, I mean, we didn't get a chance to see him in a game. Um, and he was a guy that played with the reserves, and we knew him um, and his ability. He was kind of in trials a little bit with us, but but we tweaked his position recently, and we think we've kind of found that person with the energy we were lacking in the middle of the field. Um, you know. Uh, you know, all respect to Miles aside, there were there were some guys who were maybe a little bit better at keeping the ball in there, but um, w- didn't have that engine we needed. So looking to try to equalize that that ability to keep the ball and and to effectively uh, maintain possession, um, mixed with his energy and and his ability to also do that to a certain extent, I think is um, is one thing that clicked in the middle of the park that I was really really proud of. Um, the last cool. time we we trotted out the the full full elevens. Um, the other um, to point out is the the wingers and how they're playing. So we have a Bai Habat and, and Whitney Brown um, on the wings, um, and working out wide. And they both kind of played a different role with the reserves. Um, you know, with the reserves, they were allowed to kind of pin their ears back and bomb forward and try to score. Uh, where I'm asking them more to keep their shape and be more calculated with uh, when they kick that natural nose for goal um, on when it's the right time. Um, so I guess yeah. kind of what, what I'm saying is is that for those guys, it was hard to be told always is not the right time to go forward uh, because they, they're, they're so good at it and they want to do it. Um, but adding that aspect to their game, I think, has made them even more hard to handle for defenders. Um, also, both guys can kind of score goals from long range. So I was kind of kind of to get over, uh, you know, them over the fact that the ball doesn't have to always be dribbled around the keeper. You know, mm-hmm. we can we can set something up and, and we can we can shoot from distance because they can um, and try to test the goalie versus always trying to do the same thing and taking it down down the wing and cutting in or, or whatever. So I, I thought th- those were kind of the two bright spots um, so far. Well, that's good to hear because I love Abai's theme song. First of all, and second of all, I think <laughs> I think that that's 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 interesting because it seems strange that both guys who 
I think Whitney didn't he play as a striker though, or was he? They played for, um, for the reserves. They played, uh, I believe, more of a traditional four four two the first time we played them, um, and then they they put him out wide, and then they went to three up top when they were down. And, yeah, and that's when he was, I think, most effective. That's why I put him out there. Is yeah, seeing him out there, but that's not to say that we couldn't slot him in as a striker. It seems just to make sense that, like, look, if you guys are both on the wings, you can't both move forward, like willy-nilly at the same time like you guys are gonna have to you guys are gonna have to play off the team and like work together and one of you is gonna have to hang back and one of you is gonna have to anyway it makes sense to me i guess i you know i'm not watching every i'm not watching every practice to see how that how that works out about catching lightning in a bottle with someone who has that much individual talent is when it clicks over to understand that like Wow, I have all I have this weapon, and I don't always have to use it. And yeah, I can still I can still maintain this talent <laughs> and this this level of this level of play even when I'm playing potential not not the way that I'm 100 percent comfortable. Right, I, I guess um, I, before without de- being a dead horse, and to you know before we get into the next question here, um, like for instance, our in our last friendly with 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 Whitney, it was um, he didn't need to attack the de- um, from a defensive standpoint. I wanted him to tuck in because I wasn't really worried about the guy that he thought he should be guarding. I was more worried about um, him tucking in and supporting the center midfielders. And two of the goals he scored came off of turnovers because he was tucked in and he he intercepted a pass internally versus on the wing mm-hmm. and then was able to connect off of the, the forward and then go to goal. Um, the other one where he was able to get the ball, give it back to someone in the middle, and then head out to the wing, and then was a pass was slotted through. So there, he he's starting to get how I want him to play. Same with a bye, and it, it's it's good to watch. That sounds really similar to how you explained uh, how Oakland County captain Sean Sloan has found success too. You know, it is very similar. I would say that um, apples to apples, um, mild or uh, sorry, Whitney is a is a better player than he is individually, but. Um, but that weak side ability from a winger to be mm-hmm. to know when to tuck in and when not to is a difference between potentially having a, a, a five on three attack or a three on five uh, or a five on three uh, or th- sorry, five on three on your defensive end. So yeah. the, the teeter totter swings um, and it's the, those wingers can be the ones that swing it in your favor or against you. I heard that. So you mentioned that. fitness. We've, we've been talking about fitness quite a bit. Is there any other aspect of Minneapolis City's play in our preparedness that you really think has gone super well that you're you're excited about? Uh, yeah, to kind of build off what we just talked about what is our passing. Um, we worked tirelessly every session working on both short, mostly short, and long-range passing. Um, you know, if you can keep the ball with a series of five just FIFA games, manager shit right there. Pretty much, man. It, um, you know, I, I'm not saying like ticky-tack, like – um, Barcelona style soccer, but if you can connect a series of like five, 10 yard passes and kind of c- continue to draw the defenders in and out of position and then look for that lethal pass, it is far more valuable than trying the 30 yard Hollywood ball. And part of me, <laughs> part of me literally cannot believe I said that because as a player, I always look to play the Hollywood ball, but it's really true in like, even when I, when I play myself, it, it's, I always have a check against what I want to do versus what I know is right. And um, it, it's true. When, if we start stringing those passes together, we are very, very dangerous. And the guys start to see that it's – look how fun and easy it is to play one and two touch because we're constantly moving in and out. The other team's chasing. The ball's doing all the work. Um, and then, boom, the ball's in the back of the net. 
Um, and it's so much easier than kicking a ball into the chest of a defender and then having them ram it right back down your throat again, yeah. <laughs> which happened in training. And I totally flipped out because we were we kept doing it. And uh, I think the guys got the point, though. We're, we're going to try yeah. to work on keeping the ball. So, uh, you know, anything else? I think, uh, you um, know, how, how are we looking? How are we looking on the attack? Um, the other, yeah, the, sorry, totally falling down on my responsibilities here as a co-host. Um, the other aspect that, um, is looking to get goals from other areas of attack rather than relying on our forwards to do it all the time. Um, many times than not this summer, we looked for Andy Laurie to, or Will Kidd or Matthew Gway, whoever was up there to just like, here's the ball, go do something. And then mm-hmm. everyone kind of watch. And I think it's something that um, comes out of the emphasis of keeping the ball and changing the attack where we can kind of get in position to have other guys um, be the best option to, to take a strike on goal or, or to finish a chance. So um, <clears throat> passing and, and switching the point of attack, who would have thought it was that hard, right? Yeah. So if you, if you had to hang your hat on one thing that you and the other coaching, the members of the coaching staff are proud of in this whole process of preparing for this game, what would it be? Well, that's a real, that's a real like touchy feely, lovey question. I know. You know, I know it is, but you won't be doing your job if you didn't ask it, right, Nate? Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I'll give you the real touchy feely answer. Uh, we have no assholes on this team. You know, you can put together a group of guys specifically for a tournament and be like, man, we really need that one guy because he can do this one thing we need. But he's a total jerk, and you're like, no one wants to play with him. And, <clears throat> excuse me, but we have a really great group of guys, and they put really good work in, and they don't complain when we do fitness. They don't complain. We do like boring shadow play work to work on our formation. We just came in and had a really good time working hard and doing what they're doing. And they're all starting to understand specifically the guys that are outside of um, the city folk that were are on our roster, the, the guys that were with United or the guys coming from Duluth or some of the twin stars guys and the men's league guys we brought in. They're starting to realize like what it means to play with city and how, you know, we're, we're more than just the soccer piece to it. You know, we're, we're fostering relationships too, which it sounds totally weird, but it's happening. Guys are becoming friends, you know, they're getting on each other. They're, they're fighting for each other. They're, you know, they're really coming together as a team and, and that's what you're looking for. And, you know, I can only imagine what, what, what could happen if, 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 and when we do win this game and we have to travel somewhere, uh, what yeah. that, what that trip's going to be like. <laughs> It's uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything that you want us to get excited about with this team that we might not know about, or it really doesn't seem obvious? Again, another kind of stock question, but you know, I'll I'll insert my my own answer right now. Is that you guys are growing beards? Like your beard, I'm looking at you right now. It's it's pretty solid. I know Dustin has a has a pretty signature beard. Cole I can't, can't imagine. So. I can't imagine what I was gonna say. Like I can't imagine what Cole's beard looks like a Dylan beard or something. I'm sure just like like five whiskers. Well, I'm growing a beard. <laughs> I'm growing his portion of his beard for him. That's why mine's so long. Uh, oh, well, poor, I didn't poor know Cole. that it was. I didn't know it was gonna be 60 degrees on October 22nd out in Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> so, man. This isn't this isn't Lambo. Yeah, I, I know. I didn't know that. So I grew. I grew the. Uh, the facial layer to make sure I it was, is it's warm it is farvian yeah it is i'm very much <laughs> a gunslinger put my pants so, on one leg at a time like everybody else just like everybody else except those pants are wrangler jeans yeah. and i throw my ball to my dog yep. <laughs> so so now you guys like uh i'm talking to you guys as the citizens as the listeners the fans are all really as ready as they are ever going to be for saturday's game we gave we gave you all the info you could possibly need on some of these guys and uh, and more info than, than we even know. So 
I want to get them all the details. You know what I'm saying, John? Before you do that, though, I have to answer your question. Oh, you didn't? I didn't answer your question. Uh, oh, yeah. What 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 do you want us to get excited for? If and here's how I just totally bring it all crashing down. If I told you, I'd really have to kill you, Nate. What? Uh, <laughs> so there wasn't even an answer in the first um, place. I mean, there's a stock answer. Uh, all seriousness aside, come out, watch us play. We're going to put on a great show. The Really the best show that you could ask for in the city of Blaine, Minnesota at 2.30 on next Saturday for under $10. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I can't tell you how, what formation we're going to play yet. I can't tell you who's going to start because I don't really even know yet. Um, I have an idea, but I don't think I know yet. Uh, and I don't really know how the game's going to go, but if we do what we got to do, we put in the work and uh, we punch back. If we get punched in the face, we'll be just fine. So come on out and check it out. So game day is Saturday. We are doing it at the Big House, man. It is the National Sports Center Stadium in Blaine, the same stadium that Minnesota United has called home for, for so many years. Uh, it's going to be cool to play in such a big venue when we're used to uh, you know, cramming our fans up onto the rickety bleachers of, of the barnyard. Yeah, please come so that it's not a quiet, dead, open area. There's a lot of there's a lot of seats, so we need to fill at least a good chunk of them. Uh, kickoff is at 2.30, but you know those citizens are going to be there early to tailgate, so check out their Twitter feed, uh, the citizens. They are our official supporters group. Of course, if you don't know, tickets are only $7 online now, so I would I would jump on that. They are at Minneapolis, MPLSCitySC.com. You can buy them right there on the front page. Or they're $10 at the door. I mean, it's 3 bucks. so if you've got like a job that pays you money, either way would work for you. Uh, food and beer, they're going to be available at the game, right, John? Yeah, we'll have full concessions as well as uh, Potter's Pasties are going to be there again. They were, they were there this summer. Oh, um, cool. But most importantly, uh, we have three, Nate, yes – three different types of summit beer for sale so liquor license check beer (laughs) check uh tomfoolery within reason check um so any no but eat drink show up no shady hot dog buffet this time folks but if you want a hot dog we'll have one if that's your thing if hot dogs are your thing we'll we'll have them um, but yeah, definitely. I think the the big thing was um, we were able to get our gracious sponsor Summit in house, so you don't have to try to figure out a way around that, folks. And I saw today that the dark clouds are are going to be in the house supporting us in our U.S. Open Cup run, uh, which is super exciting and really cool of them. They're running a beer bus up there, and I think you know if if you're going to be out pre partying in Minneapolis or you're from you're from around the area, you should definitely check that out. Because it's a, it's a great way to get up there and not have to worry about driving yourself. Yeah, they're calling it the City Bus. It's uh, formerly known as the Death Loon that takes yeah. them to uh, the <laughs> NSC. Um, but it'll be coming up from the Nomad downtown. And it'll be stocked full of, yes, different types of Summit beer. As well yep. as soccer banter, whether you, want it, you like it or not. Whether you agree with it or not. Um, but it's a perfect way to get to and from the match. Because you can go there beforehand and get your liquid warm-up on. Then you can race back to the pub for coverage of the Minnesota United game shortly after. So yeah, if, if not you missing, don't want to go to that game, yeah. not missing any soccer. That's no, cool. No soccer, folks. Um, and I, I believe it's fifteen bucks gets you a ticket to the game, a free summit, and a ride. So that's a hella sweet deal. Yeah, definitely go online and check those guys out, um, or just turn up. I'm sure they'll take your cash, cold hard cash. 
totally cool. Um, but even if you wanted to watch, say, like the Premier League in the morning, you could really make a whole day of it at the Nomad, then have a brief stop in Blaine, watch us take home a victory in the Open Cup, and then cruise your behind back down to the Nomad and have a little nightcap. I'm sure you're going to be in great shape by then. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in charge of that. I'm in charge of the team, Nate. That's true. (laughs) So So I I will, of course, be at the stadium, be at the game in the announcer's booth, which is super exciting to me because it's it's, press box. It's so much better than a shed on the next to the bathrooms. And uh, John, of course, you're going to be there on the sidelines. I can't wait to see you screaming at the screaming at the uh, the on field refs. The question is, listeners, where will you be? You'll be at the game. You better be at the game. You better be at the game. Um, so that's all we got today, folks. Not like it wasn't a lot, but it was exactly what you needed. Um, we'd like to thank our gracious sponsor, Summit Brewing Company, for sponsoring us each time we hop on the airwaves. See what I did there? That's awful. <laughs> it's Oktoberfest season, and do your taste buds a huge favor and stop on down to your local watering hole like the Nomad and drink some fantastic Marzen-style Oktoberfest before it's gone. That sweet malty goodness is the bomb. Buy your tickets for the U.S. Open Cup match against Oakland County. You can do so at mplscity.com, or you can just turn up at the game and give us a 10 spot. Um, $4 for children, and uh, I believe certain kids under a certain age, which I don't know. Kids under six are free. There you go. Kids under six are free. Uh, Members of the 2017 Minneapolis City season, um, your memberships are on sale now. 2017 members not only get the new scarf that's going to be coming out next year, but they also get a free entry to the Open Cup match. So do yourself a favor, drop down the 50 bucks, get a ticket for the game, and get your scarf pre-ordered. John, I got a question for you. Yes. So if I've already got this scarf from last year, the answer what am I going to what am I going to what am I going to start to do with all these scarves? You know, that's a personal question. Uh, do whatever you need to do with it. <laughs> okay. Uh, keep your neck warm. I don't know. What What do you do with multiple scarves? I assume you have I, multiple this is what scarves. I, as a man that <laughs> I guess you just pick your best one. You pick your game day scarf. You go to the game. You pick your lucky scarf. You go to the game. You pick maybe your scarf for the day you're sad. Maybe if you're up sad, at, maybe hang you it up go to your the game. Mm-hmm. Hang it up okay. at your place of business. Maybe Give your scarves names. Your man cave. You could put it up in your man cave if you got one of those, or your lady yeah. cave. Oh. Your, your, oh, would it be a lady layer in a man cave? Yeah, lady cave doesn't sound like it's a thing that you want to put a whole scarf in. <laughs> uh, anyways, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so at mcscpodcast at gmail Literally no one ever emails us. So somebody. Not, not since Brett did or whatever. Someone yeah. I mean we that might get your guy. we might get your name wrong. We might answer half your question, but we we will try. So please email us. We'd love to talk to you. Specifically after this open cup game. We want to get your thoughts on how it went. Um or you can reach us out on Twitter. You can reach the club at MPLS City SC. Myself, Johnny Business, that's no H, two N's, two Z's, two S's. Or my co-host, Nate, at Mexinate, M-E-X-I-N-A-T-E. That is all, folks. It's all we got for you this week. I am, as always, and will always be John. Yeah, I'm Nate. You know it. <laughs> uh, and how could we leave you uh, on this eve or eaves of the Open Cup match with anyone else than go get them tighter, blasting your earbuds?
you have yourself a wonderful few days before it's time to rock up and we'll see you at the game Whoop. bye folks soccer's coming <laughs>